Hi, I'm Scott Hamilton, otherwise known as Rockfile, old fraternity nickname. Um, and this is a new podcast review. We're going to be revisiting all three of Wesley Snipes' Blade Trilogy. I don't know how much you remember what was going on in the movie world when Blade came out. Um, this was long before X-Men in 2000. This came, Blade came out in 1998, right? Um, the last Batman and Robin movie, the last Batman movie for a while until Christopher Nolan rebooted, the one that kind of killed the franchise, came out at the end of 1997. And people were pretty tired of comic book movies just based on, you know, Batman and Robin because it just didn't do well. I mean, it made over $230 million at the box office, but it cost like $170, $180 to make. And with all the marketing and everything, it probably lost money. And it did make them stop making uh, Batman movies for a while. And nobody was really keen on making superhero movies. Now, I guess probably behind the scenes, X-Men was being worked on because it came out two years later in 2000. Um, the Matrix had not even come out yet. Matrix would come out a year after Blade. So there was nothing John Wick or Deadpool or action-oriented as far as these comic book movies were concerned at the time. And I know that... Uh, Black Panther got all the press when it came out, but Blade is the first black Marvel comic superhero to make it into his very own movie. And that first movie, I rewatched all three this week. I had some time. Stephen Norrington, pretty good director. I've liked some of his movies. Um, he did a great job with this. I, I was not much of a follower of Blade. I was a huge Marvel fan, as I've said in other podcasts. I read a lot of stuff around this. Uh, some of the Dracula and some of the various Dracula series and things. And I know Blade was created for a tomb of Dracula comic back in the early 70s, 1973. Um, and in that story, Blade's mother was bitten by a vampire and was in labor with Blade at the time. And that's why he gets vampire characteristics, but also human characteristics and kind of changed, you know, how we kind of view these kind of vampire heroes. And so the the adaptation of the movie, I'm not as familiar with the source material, but I thought it was a great comic book movie at the time. I was like, wow, you know, this isn't the cheese that Batman and Robin was. This is gritty, good, kick-ass action. I mean, the action holds up today. Having Wesley Snipes be a, a really good actor, but also a real martial artist and doing his own stunts, it just, it just makes the movie incredibly watchable even to today. Some of the effects don't quite hold up. I mean, that end stuff with the blood god, that never looked good. I, I don't think they had time to finish it back in the day. Um, and to this day, it still doesn't hold up. I have not seen the new 4K version of Blade. I'm kind of waiting till they put all three out in 4K before I dive in, because there'll probably be a set maybe when the new MCU movie comes out. But um, Blade is available on 4K, and it's gotten decent reviews, but I can only imagine some of the effects didn't hold up as well. The, the effects that I always liked in the Blade movies are how the vampires flame up and disintegrate very quickly when they're hit with silver, garlic, or sunlight. And some of those effects were some of the best at the time. I mean, the only thing we had to compare it to big effects-wise was like Jurassic Park and things like that. And Blade really set a standard at the time for those effects. And in the three movies, those effects get better. Like the third movie, everyone is not the favorite of the three, obviously. Um, but the effects are much better. 
uh, how they flame up and disintegrate. It just looks better. It looks more integrated into the film than the first ones. And watching it now on a big, bigger TV than we had in the day is probably why I see a little bit of the scenes. But still, the, the vampire disintegrations look really, really good in the first movie. Just that Blood God stuff at the end. That just never held up. They should have, I wish with the new 4K, spend a spend a million bucks and just redo the special effects. I know everybody would complain. You changed it, but it's never been good when the body separates and all that. It's just, anyway. But the movie holds up well other than that. I think all three of the Blade movies have an issue with going off on some side quests when you really don't need it. The movies are overstuffed already. They're, each one is about two hours long. I think the first one's the shortest. But in the second and third one, we go off on some side quests. It's like, you know, if we had trimmed that, the movie would have flowed much and gotten to the, the grit, you know, much faster. Especially in the third movie, they stop down because they've got some really interesting things going on dramatically. They've got some good actors doing things in the third one that are interesting. But they spend way too much time on, you know, the public still doesn't believe there are vampires and and fleshing out the the psychologist character and things like that it just took too long through that for me now watching it you know that came out in 2006 but watching it now it's just a little bit too much because the rest of the movie flows really well from action scene to dramatic scene to action scene but we get bogged down in the in the police station stuff there for a little while and it also we don't i don't think need to see blade uh tied up and, and just in danger of being bled out every single movie. It's like everyone tried to do that with him. And I guess maybe that's a theme in his comics. I don't know. I haven't read them. But as far as filmmaking goes, the Blade movies hold up, especially the first two. And the first one really liked it. I mean, it, everything about it, it introduces you to a new universe. There's some different things about vampires than haven't been in other vampire-type movies. Um, there's no religious stuff uh, that affects them, but silver, garlic, and sunlight, definitely. Um, and overall... The first movie is just solid. I've seen a lot of people call it one of the best action movies of all time. I would say so. It's different enough. You've got Stephen Dorff doing a pretty good job with his his character. Uh, Donal Logue is in it. Tracy Lords has a bit part. Udo Kier is in it. I've always loved his work. And, of course, Wesley Snipes and Chris Christopherson are in all three movies. Um, but all that being said, the second movie took things to a new level. So 1998's Blade, I would give that basically even today somewhere around a four out of five. I just think it's it's, it's a solid flick. A little dated here and there, a little dated special effects here and there. But Wesley Snipes, you, you find a good actor who was born to play that role. It's much like Robert Downey Jr. in Iron Man. Some critic somewhere said that anybody could have been put in the Iron Man suit. If he had some wit, it would have been fine. But no, I don't think so. Um, and James Gunn came out today and said, no, I've seen the screen tests. It definitely was his role. It, there are some people that elevate a role. There's some people that play a good role and do it well. And there are some people that elevate it like they were born to play it. And, and say what you will about Robert Downey Jr.'s portrayal of Tony Stark, he was born to play that role. And being a huge Iron Man fan, I didn't like the fact that they kind of softened the character a bit. He's a bit more of an alcoholic and, and womanizer in the comic series, but we're talking about the MCU here, and I think what they did was perfect for the tone of the movies and, and, and where they went, and I will not take anything. I think Robert Downey Jr. from beginning to end was the, the, the bloodline that just got everything going. I mean, Captain America is also part of it and all that, but getting off topic— 
Blade, for those that haven't heard, is being rebooted into the MCU coming in the next year or two. Um, they have a script. It's interesting what they were going to try and do with the Blade series after Trinity that didn't happen. But the MCU is bringing Blade with a, a multi-Academy Award winning actor. And it's going to be, I think, fantastic. I just hope they don't do PG-13 it. I think since they've already said they're going to make Deadpool a rated R movie, let's make Blade a rated R movie. Because it just... It, the, you will defang it a little bit if they can't do whatever they want. So Blade was made for $45 million back in 1998, came out and grossed $70 million in North America, $61 million in other territories for a grand total of 131. So, you know, over three times its budget, it was a huge success. An all-time ranking in North America, it's movie number 727 on that list. Pretty cool. But then, three years later, in March of 2002, young Guillermo del Toro took the reins and just took Blade to a whole nother level. If Blade, the original, is an action-horror movie hybrid, Blade 2 is a horror-action movie hybrid. It ups the horror ante all the way around. I didn't remember it being as gruesome as it was. There's an autopsy scene where they take apart one of the Reapers. If you don't know the storyline, uh, and you should have seen all these movies, we'll get into some minor spoilers. Um, there's a new bloodline of, of uh, a mutation, these Reapers, and they're like totally ravenous vampires. They'll take out humans and vampires. They just need to feed. Um, and Guillermo del Toro doubled down on all the horror elements. It's just gorier. Um, the action's still great, and it's definitely Blade action, but there's a lot more horror elements to it. You see a lot more people getting bitten on the neck, which didn't actually happen a whole lot in the first movie. And so you got you know some of that, but the the, the opening lower jaw into the mandible kind of thing... Um, they carried that on into the third movie. I didn't think they had to. That was nice as a one-time mutation, but then it turns out the original vampire had it too. I don't know why. Anyway, uh, that movie was made for $54 million and grossed 155 worldwide and ranks at number 558 on the all-time North American box office list. Uh, first movie got an A- cinema score. Second movie got a B+. So there you go. Watching it this time, it's a great movie. I mean... It, you can almost take it out of the Blade universe and just watch it as a Guillermo del Toro movie because he kind of put his own stamp on some things. Um, we've got a, a cast of characters that are involved. They're vampires that have been training to hunt Blade and they have to work with Blade because the Reaper threat is worse. <laughs> and you've got some great character actors doing some great things in there. Donnie Yen does not really get to speak and and has very few scenes in the movie. But, man, I wish they would have had more Donnie Yen. Um, but his Hellboy compatriot is in it and has some great lines. And, and, you know, again, it's not just the violence and the horror aspect that make these movies need to be uh, R-rated for adults. It's also some of the language. The movie just doesn't work if they said darn and heck and just didn't cuss about it. And Wesley Snipes saying, you know, I'll I'll kill you. MF, you know, it, it's just it. It's like watching Pulp Fiction edited for TV. Why would you do that? The the language is part of it, and I'm not just for throwing language or violence or nudity in a movie just to to you know get a rating or just to get people in the seats. But again, when it's part of the character and part of the vernacular of the whole mythology, I think it. And I just think Marvel will do a disservice to the character if we're, if it's not R-rated like Deadpool. But I know they're going to do something completely different with it. Um, today they posted some new posters of. Uh, the Shang-Chi movie, 
which is based on the comic Master of Kung Fu. He had long hair in that comic and a you know a headband and and it was brutal and it was it, very adult and this looks very much like a PG-13 MCU movie and I'm fine with that and as I said when I posted these new graphics it was like you know I I wasn't really excited about Doctor Strange because he was my favorite growing up and I didn't think the movie looked like it was going to be very good Doctor Strange but it worked out great you know I really like Doctor Strange and how he's been portrayed in the in the movies he's been in since so I'm not going I'm going to hold any kind of I don't think it's going to be this or that until I see it the name change alone I was like Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings or whatever I'm just like that's a mouthful they couldn't have just called it Master of Kung Fu I guess marketing people would think of it as a Kung Fu movie which it does have a primarily Asian cast, and we'll be featuring a ton of martial arts fights in it. But the second trailer has debuted uh, some other characters from the MCU appearing in it, and so I'm kind of excited about, again, when they marvelize these movies. They're different than the comics, but as a reviewer, I've always said books are different than movies. Anybody that wanted a straight adaptation of Lord of the Rings in a film just don't understand how you make movies because Lord of the Rings doesn't lend itself it needs some editing. It needs some work to become a dramatic film. And I think they did a great job on the Lord of the Rings movies and not such a great job on the Hobbit movies. Not bad, just not as great as they did with... I think that was more of a we need to fulfill some obligations to the movie studio kind of project. Cut it down maybe to two movies, but getting off track. The Blade films hold up. Wanting to see Marvel incorporate them in the Marvel Universe, I'm very excited about especially with the way things end. So as I said, Blade 2, much more of a horror movie than action movie, but you got the Blade action in there and it made more money than the first one. So there you go. So they greenlighted another one two and a half years later, Blade Trinity. They made it for $65 million, the biggest budget they'd had yet. And it went on to gross $128 million, which is a little less than the first one, about $3 million less than the first one, $2 million. Um, and so that's why we didn't get any more Blade movies. And they made a TV series, which I'll be honest, I'm a huge Blade fan. I had no interest in the TV series because at the time, we didn't have television like we have today. The streaming services, HBO, Amazon, Netflix have all raised the level of what we can expect from TV shows and TV adaptations of books and movies and, and that kind of thing. But this was not the case in the late 90s. <laughs> the, the, the television landscape had not yet had that HBO, uh, Soprano, Six Feet Under kind of revelation that, hey, we could do some adult content and some, some really great shows as we've seen in the 21st century and all the streaming. So I never watched the Blade series. It only got 13 episodes. They didn't show it anymore. It was on Spike, I guess. Um, I will have to search it out. It's probably streaming somewhere. I, I've never seen it. Why not? So that was the end of my Blade love. And, and I've held these movies on a bit of a, you know, these are some of my favorite movies. So rewatching them now as, as with all the COVID stuff and the reviews I've done for the last year and a half, it was nice to finally sit down with somebody that hadn't seen them and rewatch all three of them through their eyes for the first time, kind of. Like I said, first one holds up great. Second one holds up great. And the third one holds up a little better than I thought. Like I said, once they start getting into the police station and that that scene and they come back to it and they come back to it it's like i would have short i would have tightened all that up because some of the other stuff was funnier better more exciting than that was the acting was good i know why they kept it it related to other things when a character got killed off later it was more important even though it was happened off camera um i don't know david s goyer wrote and directed it he's worked on a ton of science fiction and comic book movies 
He's very much a Marvel fan growing up. He's worked in Marvel and DC. He's written a lot of the movies you've watched, the TV shows. He's behind the scenes on a lot of this stuff the last 25 years. Um, And this was a directing job. I'm sorry I didn't look it up. Wasn't sure that this was his first directing job. But that goes back to my original thing is, you know, you've got a franchise that's you know, it's made $415 million. Well, at least up to that time, it made almost $300 million. Um, and you hand it to a guy who wasn't proven at the box office. I know you want to give him a chance, and and he definitely has the knowledge. He's got, you know, Kevin Feige uh, level of comic book knowledge and all that. Plus, he's worked in all these other genres uh, for, for decades. But the movie just doesn't come together, and I don't know that it was his fault. Maybe the studio was tinkering with it, whatever. But, like, Let's go ahead and talk about the elephant in the room. A lot of people don't like how they portrayed Dracula. One thing watching it now is I like they did something different with it. They made Dracula a warlord. You know, he he was a he's been around six seven thousand years, and he left the earth because he was just sick of how things were going, and he thinks we're all weak, especially the vampires that have come after him. And I think it's an interesting portrayal. I think the actor, the guy, um, uh, his name will come to me while I'm talking. I'm sure, but he was on. Um, a lot of Fox shows, uh, Dominic Purcell. He's a big dude, you know, muscular, built, ripped. Um, he had the acting chops to pull it off. I actually, I, a lot of people have faulted his performance. I do not. I think he was doing exactly what he was told to do. So therefore, I think he did what he was supposed to do. I think the character that they wrote for him to play, he played well. Put it that way. Not the Dracula I wanted to see, not the Dracula that anybody else wanted to see, but how they wrote it, how they did it, I think he did a good job with it. I, I used to think, oh, it's because of him. No, 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 he he was fine. Could they have gotten somebody a bit more charismatic or had a little bit more gravitas in their delivery or whatever? I'm sure. Um, but budget constraints, and they already had some stars. You're adding Ryan Reynolds, who was up and coming at the time, Jessica Beale, who was pretty big at the time. Uh, Chris Christopherson was in it for a brief amount of time. You've got, um, what's his name, the FBI agent. He was in a lot of things at the time. You know, they, they And they had a bigger budget for special effects, obviously. The sets are great. I mean, at the beginning, they go to Iraq and unearth this Dracula who's been buried in the sand for thousands of years. The effects are good. Um, the handling of the action scenes were good. I was expecting, you know, having this new director, a lot of action movies before John Wick and Deadpool and and some like The Raid do the fast cuts to hide people's action ability. This was really the first set of movies that did not do that. They did long shots. And, and sure, there are some edits in the fight scenes, but for the most part, the fight scenes look realistic. They're brutal. Well, except for kicking somebody, you know, across a block or anything like that. But I mean... As far as the moves and they're actually fighting and the the two actors are actually doing the work and that kind of stuff, the fight scenes hold up uh, in all three movies. And especially in this one where you've got a director who wasn't as tried and true as Guillermo del Toro and Stephen Norrington were with bigger movies. Um, I think he did a good job staging all the action scenes. I think the whole movie could have just been streamlined a little more. He was trying to make this big epic. And a lot of times in movies when they try and make it more epic they overload it they put too many things in it and i think we could have stuck with the dracula storyline or the whole blade and the underground vampire blood farm thing i think either one of those would have made a fine movie and a little bit shorter movie without having to put both of them in the same movie and cut back and forth and back and forth and back and forth um but again 
Marvel has learned this lesson. They have overstuffed some of their, or not Marvel, DC. DC learned that lesson horribly after the Christopher Nolan movies and just tried to, you know, get to an Avengers-type Justice League quickly and just overstuff the movies leading up to it. All the, you know, it took Marvel a long time for everybody to be able to cameo in any movie they want. DC was doing that early on and it did it more as the movies went. I, it just they became a bit of a mess. Um, we don't need a two and a half hour movie every time. Christopher Nolan proved you can make a two and a half hour Batman movie that's incredible, taking nothing against that. And some of the Marvel movies have run over two hours and I'm fine with that. They're, they're rewatching them all recently. They're all entertaining flicks. None of them are terrible. And none of the Blade movies are terrible. The third one gets get called out on the carpet because it's not everybody's favorite, but it made almost as much money as the rest of them. You know, it's as popular. It even got a cinema score of a B plus from people that left the theater. So at the time, in 2006, it satisfied our bloodlust for these kind of movies. But then they would be followed up with things like Deadpool and John Wick, and that I cannot wait. Because when Marvel does the MCU thing with what they're going to do with the character... They have to look at those old Blade movies. We all, they, they have not been forgotten. They've not been so maligned that, you know, we want to have nothing to do with them. People still watch them. People still love them. They still sell on home video. They just released Blade 1 and 4K. There's obviously still a market for these movies. So they're going to have to, I, I think, up the ante on the action. And I'm all for it. Some of the Marvel movies have had incredible action. I have high hopes for Shang-Chi that we get some great martial arts in that movie. Um but with Blade, you're coming after, you know, you're coming after Wesley Snipes making some serious, his Amon Ra films, you know, produced all these movies and his stunt team was part of it. And, and he was a big part of it because he can do the, the, the kicks and do the hits and do it all in, it, in camera and it looks great. Not saying they won't. I mean, after rewatching all the Marvel movies, I totally think we're in good hands. Everything's going to be fine. No, I haven't seen Black Widow yet, but if Black Widow is around, you know, around the Captain Marvel type like for me, um, I'm fine with it. I don't expect it to be an Avengers Endgame. I don't expect any of the upcoming movies to be as good as that, but I'm hoping that Shang-Chi, the Immortals, and a couple others are at least Doctor Strange good or Captain America good, you know, that kind of thing. So rewatching the Blade movies, I think all three are worthy in your collection. The Blu-rays of the trilogy are always cheap. I see them in stores and go, man, do you know how much I paid for each one of those when they came out? Uh, and you can buy the whole trilogy now for cheap. Like I said, I'm waiting for all three to come out in 4K before I plunk down money because I, I almost grabbed it. But I've got all the Blade movies in Steelbook. I didn't have to get the Best Buy Steelbook for the 4K because, I'll, you know, I don't... I ha Scott Pilgrim, I have like three different steelbooks for that. That's ridiculous, right? <laughs> As a collector, I, I no. But I love the Blade movies. I love Wesley Snipes' portrayal. These all three movies hold up, but I think it's time. I think, you know, we're over 20 years after the first one now. It's time for better technology, better special effects, better acting, better all together raise the bar on these movies. And I hope Marvel just knocks it out of the park because there's some high expectations, especially after these three. Even Blade Trinity executed the character pretty well. So we'll see what happens. But that's it. Revisiting the three Blade movies. If you haven't seen them, where have you been? Uh, <laughs> they're great action movies. They're pre-MCU, but it's funny, the different Marvel logo. The first one's in association with Marvel. By the Blade Trinity, it's a full-blown Marvel logo like we saw in the first uh, Iron Man and things like that. So... 
Can't wait to see what's going to happen. I think it's what they're saying 2023 now for the new blade, maybe end of 2022. I don't know, uh, uh, but I'm, I can't wait. I'm, I'm really psyched. So the movies hold up, put them in your collection uh, with, I've been reading, by the way, this will be a, a little side project here. Um, I've been reading a lot about streaming services and in the, they're expecting in the next five years, experts are expecting things to change. So if you're, if you're, you know, all full up on this a la carte thing, some of these media companies are going to be content providers themselves and not so much a streaming service, but we may see a, a huge change in the dynamic from the a la carte system we have now going back to something like a, a cable system with multiple channels. I just think it's gotten a little crazy that I have to subscribe to 10 different services to get 10 different exclusive shows or movies or whatever. I just, I can't do it. I, my mom, I don't even watch that much TV, so I'm, I have to pick and choose. And maybe I'll be with one for a few months and then another that hasn't happened yet i kind of stick with netflix and amazon and and i have a big movie collection you know so i I don't really rely on streaming for old stuff mostly for new content new tv shows and new movies so anyway take that with a grain of salt if you can pick up a a blu-ray or 4k of your favorite movies and put it in your collection do it because you don't know down the road who's going to have the rights for these things and how you're going to be able to view them now if you've already owned the movie and it has a digital copy that's a whole nother thing, and and those rights could stay in this in Voodoo or Fandango now, which bought Voodoo or whatever, um, or it may not. But we've seen that change. What happened to Ultraviolet got folded into Movies Anywhere. Movies Anywhere is now folded into Voodoo, which was Walmart, which is now Fandango now. Yeah, this is the same thing's going to be happening with these streaming services coming soon. Uh, the Reese Witherspoon deal this week where she got $900 million for her production company. That was for a content creator, not a content provider. Um, And that marked a change in the dynamic, especially for its worth. That, anyway, getting to the point, if you like the Blade movies, own them because they may go away off your favorite streaming service. And it's funny with the MCU coming, I don't know how much people are going to be stocking the old Marvel movies once that happens either, so... Uh, what uh, Disney Plus just took the first Fantastic Four off. Not a big loss, if you, unless you want to see Chris Evans as a different MCU character. Um, but those movies aren't great. They were just okay back in the day. But they took the first Fantastic Four off uh, recently, and I don't know what that's about. They're going to be re-adding Fantastic Four in the MCU soon, so anyway. Anyway, the point of all this this side quest here was buy a movie if you really love it and own it so you don't have to worry about how you're going to watch it later. But the Blade movies, they're classics in my opinion of varying degrees of quality, and I can't wait to see what the MCU does in the future. Looking forward to it. Scott Hamilton, therockfile.com is my website. Please like, share, subscribe, do all those things, and above all, thank you for listening. Have a spectacular day.